Hello and welcome to the In The Can Podcast. This is yet another week of a bunch of nerds sitting in a basement. Hey, we're back in a basement. By the way, my name is Devin. I'm here with... Tom. And, and James. Yeah. And we're back in a basement. So it's going to be somewhat <laughs> echoey. There will be things going off. There will be no sirens. There will be no random phone calls at the end of the... <laughs> We're, we're I don't know, that was kind of funny to me. Yeah, I was like, hey, now we have to leave because there's a phone call. Right. But, yeah, it's Saturday. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a movie in a week. I've been busy doing other things. So. <laughs> uh, this past weekend, um, Dumbo and Beach Bum came out. Oh. Woo. Uh, Tom, what have you seen this week? Uh, well, first of all, Beach Bum, gross. Um, worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Matthew All right. McConaughey, what the fuck? Well, that's it. It's just an evolution of his pre-existing character, isn't it? I don't know, but all I know is, is what the fuck? Yeah, either that or he tried it's to change. Glowing it. recommendation. Yeah, um, you know what? I think that kind of says it, it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, every angle was like it was cut in like one-minute snippets. Oh no, that just from angles that should have never been shot from. So you're saying the cinematography is horrifying? Uh, yes. Um, and it's literally like a drugged out fever dream, uh, for the entire thing because none of the, um, none of the story is like there. Like you, you, you kind of get a inkling at a plot at one point and then just random shit happens. And then there's another inkling to the plot that was originally established and then more shit randomly happens. And then the end. And you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Um, it was bad. Yeah, no, that's three F bombs. It's okay. We can we can be R rated. No, I just find it funny. It's like Tom's usually the one is, isn't usually one to go swearing. That's me. Right. That's my job, but buddy. Th- th- <laughs> this movie, whoo, oh, bad. Very very bad. I don't suggest ever anybody seeing bad it. Bad movie. The, bad. The worst part is is like the budget for. When they have the other like co-stars in there, oh, so you have huge. Martin Lawrence, Isla Fisher, um, wow. uh, Jonah Hill. That's a way to say her name. <laughs> Isla Fisher, whatever. Um, they're she's they're nice. In, uh, Snoop Dogg. They're in there, but like for five seconds. No, Isla Fisher is in there for maybe 20, 25 minutes of the film. Jonah Hill's in there for maybe 20, 25 minutes of the film. Martin Lawrence is in there for like 15 minutes of the film. Oh, sorry. Zac Efron is in there for maybe 15 minutes of the film. What they don't tell you is that it's all over the, the same overlapping time. <laughs> A lot. Some of it is, yes. Wow, okay, um, I was joking. Snoop Dogg is in there for maybe 20 minutes of the film. And they're cut into these segments. And you're like... Okay, did, could you not afford to have them in any other parts of the film? Or what is going on? Um, could you only afford to have them for a certain amount of time and go, cool, well, we're done now. Thanks, bye, get off set because we can't afford to pay you anymore. Um, to me, that sounded what they did with, or like what they did with uh, Movie 43. Yeah, I mean, well, this is from the same person that did Spring Breakers. Oh, never the, mind. As the director. That kind of says okay, everything, fine. doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it kind of explains it. And at oh. that at that point, I think we can just call it there. It's like, yeah, don't. I'm not seeing this. I'm definitely not seeing this. Yeah. now. Uh, well, from what I understand, Dumbo was Dumbo. So, um, talking yeah. to somebody else who saw it, they were like, it was good. It was CG. It was CG Dumbo. It, I mean, it was Dumbo. I'm like, 
Yeah, I'll eventually get around to it. Uh, I see everything Tim Burton does, but it's just not all that exciting to me. Right. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. I, I saw the original, and that was fine for me. Beyond that, I kind of played catch up on a lot of older movies. I finally saw Blockers. I saw Skyscraper, uh, Super Troopers Two. Um, I enjoyed Skyscraper. And it wasn't anything special, well, but yeah, Dwayne Johnson. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, he's a treat in everything he is. And he really is. Right. Like I enjoyed watching it. It was good. Um, as far as like a little. Uh, entertaining film goes. I mean, like, it wasn't That's all anything to write sometimes. home for, but um, it was a good time waster. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was better than Blockers. Blockers was kind of meh. And <laughs> Super Troopers 2 was, like, what the crap, dude. Like, you guys went way downhill from uh, the first one. You guys were trying way too hard for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broken Sounds Lizard, what happened to your stuff? Um, uh, they broke. Uh, I, I think they kind of shat the bed on that one, but um, wow, you you would not watch a lot of good stuff then this week. No, no, um, like they severely more than me. Uh, and I think I'm missing a couple other movies, but mm. whatever. Like I, that you can't remember them. I think says everything. Yeah, pretty much. So that's where that's where my week's been. Um, let me re- allow me to raise it up just a little bit. <laughs> oh, thank you. Please uh, one of the ones I watched was uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Tim Roth and Gary Oldman. That was a fun ride. Yes. Never actually got movie. around to watching it. I would honestly suggest it. So it's good. a meta look at Hamlet, or yeah. two side characters in yeah. Hamlet. And it's so, so good. fun. I'll add it to my list. I'll get to it eventually. Like, uh, reviewers blasted it. Richard, uh, Roger Ebert just hated the movie. Like, uh, so many people hated it, but they, oh, they gave wooden dead performances. Like, no, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, then again, it just kind of shows that I don't agree with reviewers much. I really don't. I usually do. I, yeah, I don't agree yeah. with you guys much either. Just <laughs> <laughs> Gonna kick you in. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, it was a fun meta romp of what would it be like to be actually just two side characters. Some of the humor was just dead on hilarious. I cracked up quite a bit watching it. Agreed. And so I can definitely recommend that. The other one I watched... Okay, last week we did remakes. Uh, we uh, st- uh, technically we were doing remakes of movies, but we were also doing uh, like remakes of. We mentioned shorts. Yeah. yeah. If I had watched this last week, it would have been on my list. Nine. Yes. The uh, uh, I can't remember the uh, the director's name. Shane yeah. Acker. Shane Acker. Yeah. 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 Shane Acker. The short was good was good enough that it got Tim Burton's interest and he financed the whole thing. And Shane yeah, Tim Burton did and Timur Bekmambetov, who did Wanted. Yeah, and uh, an Shane Acker did do the full movie too. He also did Nightwatch. It was gorgeous, mm-hmm. and I forgot that it was a remake or a, a short, yeah. uh, continuation, a re inning yeah. I guess you could kind of say it. It was wonderful. The entire I felt so many emotions through the entire thing. It is it is a disturbingly dark movie. It is, but it's so good. It's not it's not happy for a lot uh, for like that middle portion of it. No, but mm. everything just feels so good. They probably could have done it entirely like like the short was without any voices, yeah. and it would have done just as well. I'm trying to remember who was in that movie. Elijah Wood. That's what I Jennifer Connelly. And 
there's a couple others. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I saw it in theaters, and then I, I bought the DVD. And it was. I like it. I just. It was a very good it. movie. I I watched it a couple of months ago for like the second or third time. I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, the couple times I've seen it, so. Yeah. All in all, definitely worth a watch. And that was it. I'm in the middle of one movie, but since I haven't finished it, technically. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch anything new. I, I kind of was working on other things, so I had stuff I had already watched on in the background. Oh, so yeah, background noise. Yeah. I think I watched Ready Player One again, and cool, cool. Battle Royale, and there's a few others I watched. Oh, yeah, that fits our theme. It does. Hey, look at that segue. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those fit our theme. Yes, they do. Might not be on my list. Anyway. Coming out this week are Shazam Cemetery and Best of Enemies. Oh. Shazam and Shazam is based on the comic, obviously, based on Captain Marvel, which is really confusing. Um, uh, don't try to wrap your head around it. Yeah. It's just going to be. I always think of the Shaquille O'Neal movie. True. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, Pet Cemetery and Best of Enemies are both based on books. So we figured this week we'd do movies based on books. And I will say I'm at least interested in Pet Cemetery, not so much Shazam. I'm I'm looking forward to all three. Uh, yeah. Shazam! Pet Cemetery is the one that's really caught my interest, but yeah. well, uh, who wants to start? For I me, guess. the best of enemies has really caught mine. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. I I love uh, Charge Pants and I like uh, or I love um, Rockwell. Sam, Sam Rockwell, Rockwell. Yeah, my brains is not working at the moment. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, actually fun. Uh, the coffee's still kicking in. So I guess you shouldn't start. I can start, but does anyone else want to start I'll for take it, top I guess. five movies based on books? Novels, short believe, stories, or light novels. Yeah, I will be. I believe I will take forefront for this. Uh, my number five. Well, technically, it was mentioned last week too. Uh, Willy Wonka. Okay. The the first movie, the original. Yeah, based right. uh, based on the the, the I want to say it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's actually the name of the book. Yeah, by Raoul Dahl. Yeah, Raoul Dahl. Yeah. Uh, directed by Mel Stewart and got uh, Gene Wilder who. Is definitely the highlight of the movie, I think. Oh, there's other people in that movie that are there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I completely agree with what you said last week in that the first half could have easily been shortened to five minutes, if not almost cut entirely. I've actually gone back and rewatched the beginning of that recently. I think it's within this week, probably. And I'm like, wow, yeah, this, this first half is boring. <laughs> I will 100% agree with that, but once you get to the Chocolate Factory, I, I enjoy Gene Wilder. He's yeah. part of the draw of it. And just that, that opening song number of Pure Imagination, is just that's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a scene. I'm sorry, that's one, that's one of the scenes of the movie. Yeah, I mean, the movie has some decent points. I, I think Gene Wilder is the best part of the movie. I also, I also really much, very much enjoy the Oompa Loompa songs. Yes. Yeah. I... I think the Oompa Loompa songs are fine. Uh, I, it's one of those that I'm like, I've heard it too often. So no, no, it's, okay. again, it's different taste, and I get Yeah, that, I, I go for the cinematography and the production design and yeah. all that. And the, the newer cinematography, the newer production design. I could believe that. Yeah. Yeah, and like I fun. said, I will 100% agree the first half of the movie could have either been shortened significantly or just cut entirely, and I don't think it would have been it would have harmed It should be anything. 10 minutes, and then they're in the factory, and it's like half hour in the movie, so... I, I will agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Agreed. Tommy? All right. So uh, my number five is uh, based on a book by Victor Hugo. Um, 
came out in 1998, uh, directed by uh, Billy August, starring Liam Neeson, Jeffrey Rush, and uh, Uma Thurman, by the name of Les Miserables. Oh, I was like, well, the only thing I can think of is Les Miserables, so, but I don't think that it's in 90-something. Yep. Apparently it was. Um, I was thinking of the new one. Yeah, the Jackman. I was thinking about it, however, um, I was like... As good as that is, this was a better feeling for the book. Yeah. Um, and was also a lot closer in a lot of respects. Um, it had that darker, grittier feel to it, which is what you would have gotten from that book. Um, and overall, just the way the actors portray the characters in here, um, is fantastic. L. I. M. Neeson, um, Liam Neeson. Oh fuck. Uh, yeah. Uh, he does an amazing job. Um, just being this charismatic character that you immediately just are like feeling for from the very beginning. Uh, Jeffrey Rush does an amazing job being this overly obsessive uh, rules. T- like no, he plays pounding Javert. Yeah, yeah, Javert. Yeah, the constable, um, who's constantly after Jean Valjean, played by Liam Neeson, and then the small part that Uma Thurman plays in the film, um, <laughs> Smug. where she plays uh, Cosette's mother, um, you you really feel sad because what's the character's name Apennine or something like that. Uh, I can never remember. Yeah, how you're to looking at the wrong person. <laughs> um. But when she's she's dying, it's it it's very sad, um, <laughs> as it should be. But I mean, like it's it's not just like sad isn't because somebody's dying, but because like you really feel the loss and separation. That's no, like, yeah, yeah. Fantine, Fantine, yeah, um, Fantine and Cosette. I can honestly say I've not seen either Lemes. I've seen the new one for sure. I might have seen the the older one, but. Not really. Only sure. thing I only thing I can remember from Liam is is actually just s- someone poorly explaining it. Man steals a loaf of bread bread and never hears the end of it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically, Javert is kind of a dick. He is, um, especially considering when he explains his background of I came from a prostitute, and um, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, he's like my mother was a prostitute and my father uh, was a criminal. I almost thought you were going to say my mother was a prostitute. My father was a prostitute. <laughs> no, like, I just keep the train going. <laughs> my mother was a prostitute. Very my father was a criminal. And I was raised in a criminal's world. And I decided to raise myself up out of that and become a constable of respect. Um, and that's basically his whole shtick is he's trying to like... So he's overcompensating. Yeah. But Wait, that also sounds really familiar. Uh, Departed Leonardo DiCaprio. His character basically doing the same damn thing. Kind of, yeah. Sorry, side shot. Oh, but the big difference is, is like, Javert is like, "F all of you, I'm gonna be doing this. Um, I'm going to come after you." So almost kind of a, I don't, I don't want to say screw what's right. This is the rules kind of aspect, but yes, kind of in that. Yeah, it's the rules are made to be followed and never broken. And um, I'm going to be the one that breaks the rules on your... Or I'm going to be the one that breaks their back with the rules. Okay. 
Um, so you will. That can be an interesting character. So either follow them or die by them. That can be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. So, and when he comes to the conclusion that rules aren't made, uh, some rules need to be broken or bent, and he can't deal with that. Like he has a hard, like he just can't cope. He has an existential crisis. Uh, yeah. Wow. It sounds just like an interesting least. one, but I just never got around to it. I think because they always kind of played at the musical aspect in the movies. Uh, I remember from the Jackman one. I don't. I this never is, heard of the Warrior one. This is not a musical in any way, shape, or form. And I might have to look into it. <laughs> yeah. So there's no singing, no dancing, none of that. Jazz. Damn. Just a straight movie. Then I, I will definitely have to look at this then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a bit on the long side. There are some slow parts, but. Don't worry, it's, it's not the longest movie. It's going to be on these lists. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think so, you're right in some yeah, ways. So that's my number five. Cool, cool. You, Devin? Uh, my number five is a 2005 comedy starring Aaron Eckert. Uh, directed by Jason Reitman. Yes! Based on a Christopher Buckley book called Thank You for Smoking. Such a good movie! Which I'll tell you is currently playing upstairs. <laughs> Such a good movie! Not seen it, actually. So, Thank You for Smoking. Uh, the main character, Nick Naylor, played by Aaron Eckert. That's a name. Nick Naylor. Uh, he is a tobacco sp- tobacco uh, lobbyist. Yes. Um, oh, he's a cigarette lobbyist. There's oh, a yeah. difference. No, he's a tobacco lobbyist. Yeah. Yeah. On behalf of cigarettes and tobacco. Yep. Uh, but he's all about the guy that's trying to make cigarettes good and sound cool. Mm-hmm. And he is a awesome spin artist. Uh it, the movie is just such a, a like witty, weird ass movie. Like uh, he, all the way through the movie, gloats about how he can just rattle off like things and get you to side with him. The opening scene is him on basically their version of Oprah, yeah. and it's uh, soccer mom, soccer mom, anti anti cigarette lobbyist, cancer kid, and him. Oh, and, wow, there's a hell of a lineup. And everyone's, like, against him. And then he convinces the cancer boy to, like, give him a handshake. And, like, hey, no, our best thing is to keep you alive and smoking. <laughs> you know what? The worst part is that's yeah. not wrong. Yeah, and he, he, like, ends up winning over nobody in the crowd, but he wins over cancer boy. <laughs> yeah. And then you, they introduce, uh, is it, I think it's William H. Macy's character. Yeah. That, Where the hell did you get cancer boy? When when I ask for a cancer boy, I want a kid that can't walk. I want a kid with a tiny goldfish that sits in his wheelchair. And it's like, it's just such a, The humor in this movie is so dark and twisted, but yeah, that's it's great, such a though. damn good movie. Yeah, he plays a conservative uh, senator from Vermont. Nice. I am not, oh, how can you say that, say that you're clean when the number one export from Vermont is cheddar cheese? Yeah. I am not going to apologize for Vermont's cheese. <laughs> but, isn't, but isn't heart disease the number one killer in America? <laughs> I'm not going to... Exp- I'm fine. That's, but, that sounds hilarious. That might have been, so good. I might have he ends up like, uh, talking to... Rob Lowe plays a, a like uh, Hollywood producer that... That, like, one doesn't sleep. When you sleep? Sunday. Anyway, um... <laughs> wow, that sounds familiar. Yeah, another feeling. And he goes to him, and he's like, Hey, uh, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we can do, like, a sci-fi with cigarettes, make cigarettes cool again? Yeah, I think I could do that. We could have them, like, have uh, Brad Pitt and Catherine Zeta-Jones floating in floating in the space station, and 
you know, lights up a cigarette and something. But wouldn't they explode in an all-oxygen environment? Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, it's easy. We can fix it with one simple line. Thank God we invented the whatever device. Anyway, moving on. And it's just... I have heard that one before, Jeff. I've said that repeatedly. And we'll call them the Sector 9s. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sector 7s. Sector 7s, yeah. Yeah. But it's... The movie is so well written. It is one of the wittiest and funniest... Uh, that sounds right up my alley. I completely forgot about that movie. Oh it is an amazing God. movie. Uh, I will I have to check that out. Then. Yeah. I have the DVD upstairs from it. Anyway, um, you know what? I think I might recommend. But yeah, that movie is phenomenal. Some of the best dialogue writing and like just witty and the Merchants of Death, the firearms, alcohol, oh, and, and tobacco. tobacco. <laughs> that sounds. And they're like, yeah, how many have you killed today? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just a really, really fun movie and. It gets dark here and there, but it, it kind of needs to. But I've yeah. read uh, Buckley's book, and it's just as witty and weird. And One yeah. of my favorite scenes in the entire thing is when uh, his son is trying to write a paper for school about why America is the greatest country in the world. Oh, no. And yep. uh, he goes, uh, and he's trying to explain this to his dad, and his dad goes, but is it the greatest country in the world? Where, like number 12 in uh, education, we're number 17 in health, we're, and he's going down this like laundry list of where we're at in the world, and we're just nothing near number one other than like obesity and like... That also sounds real familiar. Oh, that sounds like newsroom. And gun owners, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Which is a great, I wish we could do TV show, because newsroom would be yes, there, but maybe yeah, eventually. Um, but like, he's going down these things and he goes... Uh, so you have to come up with a reason as to, is America the greatest country in the world? What makes the greatest country in the world? Is it this, 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 or this? And he's like, you need to be able to tell, uh, have a convincing argument. And he's teaching his son how to argue. It's yeah. not about convincing me, it's about convincing them. What's, yeah. that, what's that old standby? It's like, at, when you're asked a question, ask a slightly different question, then answer your own question. Yeah. That's basically how it po- how politics and all arguing debates down to. Yeah. It, the movie is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it really sounds entertaining. Actually. Yeah, highly really highly recommend. recommend. Yeah. All right. Number four. Number four. Uh, my number four is based on a book by Robert Louis Stevenson. Ooh. Nope, not mine. Yep. It is based off of Treasure Island. It is 2002's Treasure Planet. Yep. Okay. It's just such a fun, amazingly well done movie that got shafted by Disney. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Had a combination of 2D and 3D environments and just so pretty. If for those of you who don't really know the story of Treasure Plant uh, Treasure Island, which concerned there's about what, fifteen different adaptations of it at least. Pretty much hard not to, hard not to think someone hasn't seen it, but it follow what the Jim Hawkins I want to say his name is. I barely uh, remember yeah. anything about. Yeah, the story. story of story of a young yeah. kid who basically wants to explore the world as a sailor or pirate actually, and well, wacky hijinks ensues. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, Jim is voiced by I want to say Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I know he's in it, but that sounds so, about yeah. right. That sounds right. Yeah, there's a lot of other ones. Uh, Brian Brian Murray, Emma Thompson, David Hyde Pierce, Martin Short. There's a lot of names in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's a slew of people. Niles Crane. 
<laughs> yep. AKA the original voice of uh, Sapien in Hellboy 1. Yep. Oh, wow, this hurts. It cost $140 million to make, and it earned $38 million U.S. side, with yep. only 110 worldwide. Well, that made money. Which <laughs> sucks. Which sucks because it's just so beautiful. Instead of instead of just the whole pirates at sea sort of thing, they take it into space. So pirates in space. It yeah, but the thing is, they don't just do the drab, boring, uh, black space that you see time and time and time again. It is vividly beautiful. So many colors. That's what they did with Infinity War as well. They made space cool. Because they made it vibrant. They made it. Exotic as well. They, they made it exotic, colorful, like different worlds. So they're not going to be the same drab shit you see here. Well, technically they are, but you know what I mean. Like they made it interesting and exciting. And it's like, wow, I can see why someone would want to come out here and just be a pirate. <laughs> it's such an underrated movie, I think, just because it 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 was premiere. It, it, it released in March of two thousand two. Kind of like a shit time zone for <laughs> Disney movies. And it was at the time. Yeah, it wasn't until 2007 where March kind of became a decent one. Yeah, yeah kind of. A the other story. problem is the fact that they basically spoiled it and just kind of uh, like mis misrepresented it in the trailers. Yeah, a little bit. All in all, I can definitely say it would. It, it's <laughs> worth the watch, if nothing else, and for just how beautiful everything in it looks it just it's got that great combination where when the cg is obvious in quotes there's a reason for it and it feels like it makes it otherworldly because of that other times when you're not supposed to technically notice the cg it blends in with the hand animate hand-drawn animation wonderfully that's where that's where most of that 140 million took uh was spent by the pie (laughs) But yeah, it's definitely worth the watch, and it's just sad that it it killed the the traditional hand drawn animation studio for Disney for the longest damn time. Yeah, it nuked it hard. But yeah, that's that's my number four. Nice, All right. good choice. Um, my number four is a uh, uh, movie that came out in. Uh, 1999. Nope. Uh, directed by Frank Darabont, starring uh, Tom Hanks, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, David Morris, Ron um, no, Hunt. Yep. Um, Frank Darabont. Other Stephen people, um, based off of the Stephen King novel, The Green Mile. Uh, Frank Darabont's done three Stephen King movies. Holy yep. crap. Um, it follows the uh, career of a death row guard by the name of Paul Edgecombe. Played by Tom Hanks. Who, uh, yep, played by Tom Hanks, who uh, comes across, or in his encounter with a uh, death row inmate by the name of John Coffey, played by Michael Clark Duncan, mm-hmm. uh, who is a bit on the unusual side. Um, and has, uh, and <laughs> who is accused of uh, murdering a couple of girls and raping them. Oh, um, wow, okay, I forgot what he was accused of, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is an incredibly good movie. Um, there's a few dark parts, obviously. It's based on a Stephen King novel. How is there it's not? It's also set in prison. It's also set yeah, in prison. Exactly, how can it not be? <laughs> However, 
um, while it is set in prison and uh, it is a Stephen King novel, it kind of steps away from a lot of, um, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot of, but uh, some of his um, more traditional, uh, what you would more traditionally think of as a Stephen King novel. It's less horror. Yes, much less horror. Character introspective? Yeah, a lot more character introspective, more um, slightly on the supernatural side. Doesn't Coffee have The Shining, basically? Basically. Um, to an extent, he has uh, the ability to heal. Oh, yeah. That's right, I remember that. Um, so he's a, he's, he's a healer, um, and uh, he releases the healing as essentially like these gnat things that oh, yeah. come out of his mouth. Um, that sounds horrifying. Them. Yeah, so what he'll do is he'll, he'll hold on to the person who's sick, and um, this bright light shines, um, and it causes all electronics in the area to like freak out and become overloaded with electric power. And then um, after a few moments of that, it calms down and goes back to normal. And then he starts acting like he's dying as he's like coughing up this horrible whatever was wrong with you and it comes out as these gnat things that like vaporize into smoke um as they expel from him Stephen King was probably on drugs (laughs) isn't that true for about 90% of his books yeah pretty much he forgot roading Tommyknockers that's right he did right yeah he doesn't remember where the hell that book came from um that says a lot doesn't it and uh it deals with um the idea of some and the fact of what goes around comes around um in a lot of things um because there's a couple of characters that are just not nice characters at all and uh (laughs) the way the the things that they put out into the world come back onto them multiple times over karma yeah karma is a bitch so you're definitely saying you suggested (laughs) oh highly highly um the book is an awesome book book's actually a miniseries yeah. It's a series of short... He wrote, like, uh, short little um, books and then assembled them together. Yeah. So I'm a little curious. Is it... Uh, how's the pacing? Um, it's actually pretty consistently going. There aren't really a whole lot of down parts to it. Um, and you're constantly sitting there going, oh, wow, what's coming next? And there's constant movement. Um, so cool. not really a whole lot of downtime to really think of. Um, especially when you get involved with the mouse. Yes, there is a mouse. <laughs> of course. Maybe the Thorkus mouth. Yeah. And, uh, Mr. Jingles. Ah. And, uh, um, you, once John Coffey is introduced, and Percy, and Wild Bill, played by Sam Rockwell. Um, oh, another yeah. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah, another Sam Rockwell film. Um, he pops up everywhere, though, doesn't he? <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, this is just, overall, the movie is good. The book is fantastic. Highly, highly recommend the book. Um, highly recommend the movie. Uh, get out there and see it. So. All right, Devin, what's your number four? Uh, let me pull that back up. My number four is a 2010 movie. Wow, pretty recent. Uh, <laughs> based on the stuff. book Accidental Millionaires, I believe, by Ben Mesrick. Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrick, uh, Social Network. 
Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin Social Network. All about the, the founding of uh, Facebook. So, but I don't have a whole lot to say about Social Network. I mean, most people I feel like have either seen it or know about it. Um, I don't think I ever saw it. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg played Mark Zuckerberg under Facebook. Gotcha. And it's one of those movies that I, I watch and I'm like, holy crap, this movie's great. Damn. And then the more I the more I've watched it, the just the more I enjoy it. I I love again, score, holy crap. Uh cinematography's really cool. Somehow making a pretty boring subject really interesting. <laughs> uh Jesse Eisenberg plays his own version of Mark Zuckerberg. Apparently Mark Zuckerberg's not this much of an ass, but I I think Mark or Jesse Eisenberg plays it really well. Um Andrew Garfield plays Eduardo Severin, who is best friend at the beginning of the book. Or beginning of the movie, but then as it goes, he kind of gets taken advantage of on it. Like, not really on purpose, but more that just Mark doesn't realize it's happening. And then he gets completely screwed out of the company. And then Justin Tim- Justin Timberlake plays Sean Parker, the founder of Napster. Oh, that's like, right. The actual founder of Napster, not the guy from The Core or Italian Job, whichever. Italian job, yeah. The core is the my kung fu's better than yours. Yeah. Um, and then Rooney Mara, who would go on to play uh, Lizbeth Slander in the uh, Dragon Tattoo remake, is the whole reason why he makes Facebook. So, uh, Erica Albright slash Albrecht. Yep. Yeah. But it's just one of those that I I absolutely loved since I first saw it, and just like it even more the more I watch it. Yeah. Cool. I agree. It, it's a really good movie. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, I, I would invent something like that for Rooney Mara, too, but oh, it's already been invented. Yeah. <laughs> if Rooney Mara is listening to that, that was not creepy at all. <laughs> Calm down there, but Sport. I'm just saying, like... Yeah, stop saying. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just have to throw out uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did a phenomenal job on the soundtrack. I'm not yep. surprised. Trent Reznor does really good with movie soundtracks yeah, sure. or, and game soundtracks. He also did... Uh, Dragon Tattoo soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, he he's a phenomenal musician. Just yeah. wonderful. And the the two of them doing Hall of the Mountain King during the rowing scene. Oh, that sounds uh, amazing. Yeah, they did a their kind of own take on the hall in the Hall of the Mountain King when the Winklevi brothers, who initially had like the idea for Facebook that Zuckerberg kind of took, um, they're both played by uh, Army Hammer. <laughs> early army hammer but um he and they digitally replaced one of the actors heads that's amazing which is such a subtle and well done thing i don't know the movie is just phenomenal uh not a whole lot to it it's basically the story about two um lawsuits that's the whole thing mm-hmm. is eduardo Saverin's lawsuit and the winklevi's lawsuit against mark zuckerberg and like his dialogue in some of the scenes like do, you, do i have your attention what do i have your attention no, you you have some of my attention. You have the minimum amount. The rest of my attention is back in the in the offices of Facebook, where m- me and my colleagues are making things that you cannot possibly fathom, and your your uh, clients here cannot possibly fathom. Because if they did, they would have made Facebook. You know, and just all these kind of like really condescending, but it's just such a like you get to the point where you're like, dude, can you just like shut this guy up? Yeah. <laughs> like, could somebody call him on his yeah. bullshit? Yeah. And I loved, like, throughout the movie, you end up rooting for Mark Zuckerberg. And he's, like, he's not a likable character. But he has a point. 
but damn, does he have a point. <laughs> I, I love and, those. Like, you're an asshole, but you're not wrong. And, like, uh, the best scene is near the end where Saverin shows up and, like, realizes what's happened. That he's been screwed out of the money from the company, even though he's the CFO. Good job there, man. And he just goes off on uh, Mark Zuckerberg and is like, well, I'm going to come back and get you and your fuck you flip-flops or whatever. <laughs> you pretentious douchebag. And it's just, it, it's when I realized that Andrew Garfield's actually a pretty damn good actor. So, yeah, yeah if you haven't seen it, it's really good. That's Very it. cool. All right. Moving on. Number three. Not sure you're going to have guessed this. Uh, based on a book by Robert A. Heinlein. Nope. <laughs> Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. Directed by Paul Verhoeven, wow. which is hilarious because yeah. he was very anti-military jingoistic stuff, which is basically how the book read. Yeah. So he decided to take the piss, and yep. nobody got it. <laughs> it is a very subtle joke on just the trappings and stupidity of that hardcore jingoistic military hoorah hoorah thing that people can sometimes believe in and it just does such a good job of it it's, it, not gonna lie it's one of my guilty pleasure movies because so many it's people fun. bag on it so hard it is so fun there's a couple shots are just like are really like when Rico's getting whipped yeah it's just like really that looks so bad one of my favorite parts though is uh when they're talking about the the, the news stream, and uh, would you like to know more? Government officials are looking for people with psychic abilities, and it's um, the the guy, and he's got the, like that third eye in the middle of his forehead. Oh God, I remember that actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and I'm like, wow, Timothy Amundsen, really? <laughs> the whole the whole movie is uh, it follows uh, follows a guy, Rico something or something Rico. I can't remember Johnny his name. Rico. Johnny. Re Juan Rico, that's right, called Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Rico, uh, about joining the military to fight against the alien invaders, which are actually giant bugs <laughs> yep. that just do not stop. Their bases well, are rushing. One of, one of the alien invaders is giant bugs. Then there's the green people in the book. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no books. But the uh, <laughs> then he gets... he. he it basically shows how you can use events to fortify people for something that they may not necessarily have been for before. When when Johnny's hometown, including his parents, get bombed by a giant asteroid, which yep. technically shouldn't have sent Earth into a horrible nuclear winter-like situation. Probably. Extinction probably. level. Probably, but the time it actually hit Earth, though, Doesn't probably matter. was the size of a softball. So. But yeah, when that happens, everyone's... You're all galvanized. Gotta kill, kill these aliens. Ah, uh, kill them dead. And yeah, it's like a whole a dead bug. Yeah, exactly. That whole that whole philosophy. Neil Patrick Harris comes in and is seen wearing what's essentially a Nazi uniform, yep. and nobody blinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole. When you watch it, realizing that the guy who wrote it hated that sort of jingoistic appeal and made it specifically to poke fun at it. It is a hilarious film of just that over-the-topness. It's like, wow, yeah, this is this is an interesting movie. 
But again, it kind of fell flat because it was just that little bit too subtle. Yeah, and it's a great way of uh, showing how the government uses propaganda in yeah. those cases to get the people to follow along and do whatever they're going to do. Um, like with the uh, soldiers going to the schools and showing them the kids their guns and letting them hold them. And I remember them. one of the scenes the, uh, when, when uh, Rico's talking to the, to the recruiter, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, like uh, whatever, what, uh, like I can't remember what, uh, what unit Rico wanted to sign up for. It's like, yeah, they made me the man I am today. And you cut to seeing prosthetics Mobile for his infantry. legs. Mobile infantry, yeah. It's like you cut to him with, with, with his no legs gone and prosthetics there. And it's like, oh, hmm, hi. There was no legs and uh, prosthetics for one of his or for uh, one of his arms and his other hand. And he's just like, and he's Drew made me the man I am today. And he's still just one hundred percent so for it. And it's just like, sorry, dude, for the clap, folks. Yeah, dude, you're missing limbs. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's kind of messed up. Yeah. And then on top of that, there was the kids with the bugs squashing all the bugs outside, and the seizure like giddily yeah, laughing with, like, yeah. with it, like she's going insane. Uh, it's just weird. Yeah, when I first watched it, I didn't get I didn't get all those jokes. I just thought it was oh cool, shoot up the bugs, yay! But it's like you look at it back with that kind of lens, and it's like okay, it's still a decent film, but the message is one hundred percent different. Absolutely. I wouldn't call it the greatest film, but it's definitely worth a watch, if nothing else, and to see that kind of thinking and what it could kind of possibly maybe lead to. Yeah, it's a great comparison if you want to study that alongside, like, World War II history. Yeah. So. I've never been a huge fan of Starship Troopers, personally. Like, I... It's not a great film. I like it. I said it. It was fine, but... (laughs) It was one of the first movies that I ever saw boobs in. Mm. Oh, yeah, that was right. While it was actually in theaters, my dad took me and my cousin to go see it, and he was like, "Yeah, it looks like a good action film." I'm like, oh look, Chance. boobs! Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like what, there's five a minutes whole into the movie. Yes, yeah, it's like right away too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those that I saw it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that that was that movie. Yeah. Once again, I will tell you, it's not a great film, yeah. but no, like I said though, it's one of my guilty pleasure movies. If it's on, I like, I don't care. I'll watch it. <laughs> All right. I understand that. Tommy? All right, so my number three is uh, based on a book, well, actually a play, uh, written in 1937, uh, revolving around the Great Depression, um, take, uh, following two uh, migrant ranch workers uh, who end up traveling in California. Um, it, the movie was uh, oh. uh, from 1992, directed by Gary Sinise. Starring Gary Sinise and John Malkovich, uh, called Of Mice and Men. Oh. And was written by John Steinbeck. Duh, yeah, okay. Um, it's like trying to figure it out. I'm like, um. Same. And I was like, nope, nothing's coming to me. Nothing's coming to me. Yeah, where um, we've, we get the, lo- uh, the tropes of George and Lenny. If you've ever seen the. Uh, oh, tell me about the rabbits, George. Tell me about the rabbits. One of the rabbit George. Yeah, so look at the flowers. Yep, and uh, the John Malkovich plays um, Lenny uh, Small, and uh, Gary Sinise plays George Milton. Lenny Small is a little bit slow, um, apparently from an accident that took place as a child where he got kicked in the head by a mule. 
That would do it. Got kicked in the head by a mule. I swim crosswise. Fell down a well. Went back to normal. I don't know. Sorry. Different um, movie. Right. And uh, that would do it, though. George and Lenny are cousins, and George has been basically tramping around the country with Lenny, making sure they have work and taking care of him, um, because George is a gentle giant who doesn't realize his own strength and has the mental capacity of a five-year-old um, when it comes to a lot of things, um, because he 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 has a, a tendency of liking things that are soft and beautiful, and he wants to pet soft things. Um, that makes you a kid, and... Well, he, very he's very to, very similar to Frankenstein. Yeah, he's he's not. He, he Frankenstein was eloquent in the book, dude. The uh, monster still wanted to like ends up getting uh, vilified because he picked up and threw a girl or attacked a girl. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, okay, that's what you meant. Yeah, yeah, but uh, in this case, um, like he has a tendency. He likes uh, to pet things, so. Uh, we first find out that he has a, uh, he's had a mouse in his pocket that he's been a little bit too rough with with petting and has accidentally killed the mouse, but he's keeping the mouse around with him anyways because it's soft to pet. Oh, wow. And George is like, dude, you got to get rid of that thing. It's dead. You, you can't keep that with you. And then they get to this ranch, and there's uh, puppies in the barn because one of the dogs on the uh, farm or on the ranch had puppies. And so he's like, can I go pet the puppies, George? And he's like, yes, but you have to be gentle. Remember, gentle. And so he is. And then there's a point where the head guy of the ranch, his wife being a very big flirt and liking to uh, cause trouble and things like that, ends up getting out there and kind of messing with Lenny. And he goes, uh, he, he's like... Um, comes over and she's like, oh, look at my hair. Isn't it soft? And he starts petting her hair. Oh, and no. And she goes to run away, but he doesn't want to stop petting her hair. And he kind of grabs it, and when she goes to run away, breaks her neck. Yep. And so pe- the whole ranch is now after Lenny. And George sends them off in one direction, finds them, and takes them out himself. Wow. They got fucked because she's an idiot. Melissa yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, the entire time George has been telling about, telling Lenny about how, when all this is over and they get the money, they're going to go start their own ranch someplace where they're going to raise rabbits with fields of alfalfa and feed them on the alfalfa. Okay. Suddenly everything makes sense. Yeah. And how they're going to work for their own thing and, uh, scrape their own existence off the, uh, out of the land themselves. And they won't have a boss to tell them what to do and things like that. And, like, that's, like, the American dream at that point. So, now I have to work under the thumb of another guy, especially since it's the Great Depression. Yeah, yeah. And the book, or the, the play, which is also in book form, um, is incredibly great. The movie, um, while there are a few slow spots, is really, really well done, um, and Gary Sinise, as usual, just knocks it out of the park. John Malkovich knocks it out of the park. Um, great movie. Yeah, I had it. to watch that back in high school. Oh, that was yeah. required. Yeah, great. Yeah, and elementary English or, or something school, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, it was it was fantastic. Loved it. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like Gary Sinise's first film that he directed. 
Something like that. Um, in the opening scene, there's a woman running through the field in a red dress, and it's actually Moira Sinise, Gary Sinise's wife. Oh, nice. Yeah, so fun little snippet for you there. Uh, but yeah, so John Steinbeck, uh, go out and read them. Great books. Some of them are kind of wordy, but they're great. All of them surrounding Great Depression and California. Um, <laughs> and uh, the movie was awesome, so check it out. Cool. Uh, my number three is a 2002 uh, sci-fi mystery crime thriller action, because it's everything apparently, <laughs> uh, based on a Philip K. Dick short story called The Minority Report. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Minority Report. My number one uh, sci-fi is not going to be on my sci-fi list, God damn it. But, yep, Minority Report. Steven Spielberg, uh, starring Tom Cruise, Colin Farrell, Samantha Morton, Max Moncito, a bunch of others. Good movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, for those of you who don't know, it's about uh, slightly in the future where a group of precognitives, uh, people who see uh, murders that are going to happen, and they learned pretty quickly that, no, these are actually going to happen, the, the murders that they see actually happen. So they put them in a tank, hook them up so they can see what they're seeing, and then will arrest the people before they commit the crimes. They're putting the ho the, the cart before the horse, essentially. Yeah. It's like they're arresting the murderer before he commits murder. It's ba it, the, whole, the whole thing is basically, it seems like thought crime. It's like, I'm thinking of doing mm -hmm. a crime, therefore I've done the crime. Yep. That's the whole uh, basis of it. They do ask the, it's pretty good. Colin Farrell's character actually starts asking those kind of questions, like, have you ever got a false positive? Have you ever got someone that thinks about killing his boss but doesn't do it? They're like, not every time. It, it, at, if we don't do anything, it happens. So yeah, it, it's that the uh, very essence of murder breaks the breaks the fabric of humanity. That's their kind of justification. But overall, the movie I I absolutely love the movie. It it was a lot of fun. There are a couple parts I don't quite understand, but it, yeah, it's. Why, why did why did Tom Cruise's character still have access to the uh, to the office, the headquarters? Yeah, that was a little that, weird. That that's like the biggest one that I can think. That's of. one of them. Um, Apparently, security is incredibly lax. <laughs> Their IT department sucks. I don't know. That's like the biggest one that I can think of. It's like why the hell was one, he allowed access? Uh, to why did the the spider? I love the spider scene by the way. The the robots going in. Oh, yeah, the spider that lifted creepy. up the thing and scanned his eye and not make him go blind in that eye. <sighs> those were creepy um, as fuck. Yeah. yeah, I love that. They, they do the overhead going through the apartment building. and uh, I don't know. It's just, it has all of the, the flair of a Steven Spielberg movie. Like, it is one of, if not my favorite Spielberg movie. I forgot that was Spielberg, too. Oh, it yeah. doesn't quite... And then you look and it's like, oh no, that's definitely Spielberg. Yeah, like on first on first watch, it doesn't seem like it's a Spielberg film. But then you yeah. go and it's like, oh no, oh, okay, I can see it. Yeah. Um, a lot of the credit for the movie has to go to Janusz Kaminski, the cinematographer, because it is one of the most gorgeously designed movies. Mm -hmm. it, every every picture is mm -hmm. perfect. I love that it's really gritty and it's not like a utopian future. Yeah. I like that it's not dystopian. It's not utopian. It's, it's a future. A future that I could logically see us doing if we get our shit together and not bomb ourselves. Well, dude, look at the fact that he's, uh, the whole screens, the holographic screens. We are, like, yeah. 
a, a hair away from that sort of stuff now. Because we could basically have that on the desktop. We are this close to the holographic thing where he's just throwing stuff around, zooming. It's like, it's so cool. Yeah, I love all the, like, the moving and... The tech in it is it amazing. Doctor Strange kind of had similar... The hand moments, yeah. Moments and, it's, yeah. Like, yeah. it's so well done. It, you don't... You, I remember watching it and it's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Not like, this that's bullshit. This yeah. was 2002. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and like I said, I remember watching it and I was like, oh, that is awesome. I wish we could, we had that now. And not thinking, it's like, oh, that's bullshit. That'll never happen. It felt realistically futuristic. The Spielberg and the writers, I don't remember the, the script writers, but they actually went to, they assembled like a group of futurists and um, the leading tech people on the planet at the time. Like, well, what's coming down the pipeline? And these are actually things that they were talking about what might happen so like the cars that go up into your building oh yeah that kind of stuff and like the the single person small commuter cars and all that kind of stuff they the magnolev type things they're all actually things that they were designing and trying to prepare for the future it didn't really go some of them didn't really go anywhere but then some of the cars that they made did like the one of the biggest product placements is i think the Lexus or an Audi that's made while they're in a fight, in oh, a chase yeah. scene. I remember. And they're they're getting, making it around him. He's yeah. getting caught and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's trying to get away from Colin Farrell and that team. But yeah, like really the cool. six sticks are actually are apparently a real thing. <laughs> they're more a Sonic. certain type of pulse that can make you throw up. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. All of it was, like yeah. I said, all of it was very good. It all felt like futuristic, but in uh, 10 or 20 years, we'll have the prototypes of this stuff. And oh, what what it's there was something about it that really that really something that stood out, but I can't. But I've lost it now. <laughs> I yeah, like for me, it it felt like um, looking at it like the pulp comics of the fifties or the forties, and looking at it and going, man, this is where we're headed. So like when they were looking at those things, you know, like eventually we're gonna send a man to the moon. We're gonna talk to little green men from Mars type thing. Only thing was, well, because remember, 50s, that's what... No, I'm just thinking he just said that for Starship Troopers. Anyway, uh, go yeah, on. But, oh, um, man, yeah. but the idea is, is like, this time. is where we're headed. The thing is, is some of those things have come to fruition. We're looking at it now, uh, then as, wow, this is where we're headed in a lot of cases. And some of those things have come to fruition. And it just amazes me every time when filmmakers or writers are able to uh, so... Uh, capably put their finger on the pulse of what is truly going to happen with the sci-fi and tech that they come up with. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, like you said, they talk to those tech people, but like, still... The fact that they can bring it to life. Yeah. In a convincing manner. It never ceases to amaze me when they can bring it to life on the screen. Yeah, there's, there's some stuff nowadays where it's like, oh, cool, when's that coming out? And it's like, it's a prop designed specifically for the movie that... Yeah. Has no real intent, no real use. It's like, oh, that'd be awesome though. And then you have the tech people who are sitting there going, "That's a really great idea. We should use that." We'll look yeah. at Star Trek, how much it influenced, but that's yeah. off track. Yeah. But yeah, so that's one of the things that got me. And then again, I, I agree entirely. Visually, beautifully gorgeous, beautifully yeah. like stunning movie. Every time you turn around, the shots are just. There's wild. a scene pretty late because the the entire story is that John Anderton played by Tom Cruise, gets framed for a murder that he has no idea isn't going to commit. Mm-hmm. But 
ultimately, does he end up almost committing it? Yes, he does end up committing the murder. But it's because somebody implanted and it it spawned its own um, thing. The name of the the name of the movie Minority Report is that there are three precognitives, and if one of them disagrees with the other two, that's a Minority Report, and it's always in the strongest of the three, which is the female Agatha, played by Samantha Morton. So Tom Cruise, uh, John Anderson, kidnaps kidnap Agatha, who is precognitive and has been kept in this kind of pseudo sleep state for like 10 years like or whatever. Float tank, honestly. Yeah. And so she I love her character. She's she's great in this and it's like she needs to be constantly protected throughout the movie and she's just Understandably, this, like, at least. this complete fish out of water but it works. But pretty late into the movie, right before he ends up meeting this Leo Crow that he's supposed to murder, um there's a scene where he's going to try to get in and she's like pushing against him and ends up in this shot where he's in the foreground. She's slightly in the background, but you can fully see both of their faces in the same shot from like, like in profile where she's telling him, no, you don't, don't go in there. You can't do this. And he's like, no, I have to. And he's convinced that this person killed his son. So it, it ends up, with this unbelievable shot with the two of them framed in profile facing two different directions in the same shot. Oh, yeah. And that it's was just messed up. such a gorgeous shot, and I have no idea how they shot it. But uh, Trickery. Yeah. But, yeah, I absolutely love the, the chase scene with her, like, stop here, and then balloons go by as the cops go by. And well, then, no, keep going, and that kind of stuff. Well, that's, that's, uh, yeah, well, uh, that was what I was thinking of, is the fact that they kind of ask those questions. It's like... Uh, you don't run if you're innocent. <laughs> it's like, no, you still kind of want to. But then the, the tagline is everybody runs. Yeah, everybody runs. It's like Gotta everybody keep runs. Running. Yeah, fight or flight, sorry. Yeah, it, yeah. it's. And of it, course, it's Tom Cruise. Of course, he's going to run. Yeah, and we found out that um, he runs more than Forrest Gump. Um, uh, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, I, I completely agree. It's like, it's a. Visually, it's a, just a feast for your eyes. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah, I absolutely love Minority Report. All right, number two. <laughs> number two, for me, another, another David Fincher's movie. Okay. Based on a book by Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> Fight Club. Bingo. Yep. Made my short list. It, it was definitely a fun ride. Uh, <laughs> Brad Pitt. Uh, Helen Bone Carter. Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah. Meatloaf. One, he, that's right, he is. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot Meatloaf was in there. Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> Who does he play? Big, big Tit Bob. Bob. Yeah, Bob with bitch tits. Big, yeah, big tits. tits. Bitch tits. Bitch, bitch tit yeah. Bob, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Screw you. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to give a long one, but 99% of the people probably seen this or heard about it. It, One Man's Existential Crisis. I feel like we might have mentioned this in thrillers, too. Possibly. Yeah, I think so. One, but again, One Man's Existential Crisis and the results thereof. Yeah. It, it has, it's just such a fucked up movie. I am Jack's wasted potential. But, but it's so good. It's like, first time I watched it, you don't, you don't see that twist at the end coming. Yeah. No. But once you go back and watch, it's like, oh my god, it's everywhere. 
Yeah, it's yep. very, very well made. Oh, yeah. One thing that was funny, I, I listened to an interview with uh, Palinuk. He thought, like, one of, the, one of the more infamous lines in the movie wasn't the same as it was in the book. In the book, it's after uh, Carter and Pitt's characters screw. And afterwards, she's, she says in the book, uh, I hope I can have your abortion. Oh, and they kept the the studio did not want to put that line in the movie, yep. so they kept coming up coming up with different ones and different ones until David Fincher actually came up with the line that's in the movie. It's a, which is I haven't been fucked like pets since grade school. Yeah. After that, the studio's like, can we go back to the abortion line? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> They also spliced in full nude dicks, so, you know, it's... Oh, it's, man. The whole movie is just a fun ride into yeah. just a spiral of what the fuck. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I love that particular bit of trivia because it's like, I was laughing my ass off when I heard that. It's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's... Everyone's on top of their game acting-wise. Like, Brad yeah. Pitt and Edward Norton just bounce off each other so well, and... It's so fucking cut. Yeah. My God. Like, yeah. I think the only other one I, off the top of my head that was close was Snatch. He was also in Troy. Troy, yeah. Yeah. He as Achilles was damned. I, yeah. I, I haven't watched that, and I never will for a very different reason, but that's yeah. not here, neither here nor there. Fair. All right, Agamemnon. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it, most everybody has seen Fight Club or has been told, yeah. watch Fight Club. A certain tragedy comes to mind. It's definitely very, it's definitely very good, and I'll just toss it in, and it's like, yeah, I think you should see it. I'm not going to force anybody to, or try to, but it's definitely not just your, I'm going to beat up my friend, type of movie. There is a I'm going to beat up my friend. It actually turns out to not be my friend. It's really confusing. I'm going to punch my face. There is so much thought put into the entirety of the movie. It is amazing. Yeah. Alright, so uh, my number two is based off of a uh, the third in a series of books, uh, this one being published in 1955 hmm. um, by J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay, uh, I'm going to say Can It, because that's my number two. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'd awesome. rather just go into you. Kind the of. third one? Well... Kind of. I mean, like, I, I'd like to condense all of them. But I'm not sure which one to use, so mine's moving from 2001, 2002, or 2003. Yeah, mine... Well, I you're chose, not talking about the animated ones? I chose no. the 2003 one, but the reason being is because... We like, say the damn name. My, uh, the Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yeah. Thank you. Was, I'm was, just doing Lord of the Rings, period, and then if I get three strikes, I can hit this one through uh, fantasy. Fuck it. Yeah. Because there's not going to be much else in the fantasy other than maybe Narnia. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, there, for me, there's a lot <laughs> of the fantasy ones, but um, yeah, so I can can this to you, so go for it. I, <laughs> okay. As I can it. Uh, 2001-2002 movie based on J.R. Tolkien, directed by Peter Jackson, written by Peter Jackson, Philip Boynes, and Fran Walsh. Yeah, it's Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. I don't really know what else to say about it. Everyone's you are, heard of it. It's kind of like if you haven't it. seen it by now, you have a problem. You right. should. It's to me. I think that Lord of the Rings is the single greatest achievement in filmmaking. Just the fact that someone gave the dude that made like 
Frighteners and what? Oh Brain shit, Dead. that's right. Yeah. We did do and Frighteners. The Beebles, mm-hmm. $300 million to make Lord of the Rings. And like, someone at New it. Line was high when they did this, but, but he knocked it out of the park. Lord of the Rings is the single greatest trilogy out there. To me, better than Lord of, or better than Star Wars. Uh, any of the now going on three trilogies. Yeah, you know uh, what? I think I can agree with that. I mean, like it's the quintessential fantasy. Yeah. I mean, it is, and the best thing is, is he did not disappoint when it came to the translation from book to film. Now, granted, there are certain things that people who are diehard fans of the book are the going to complain about. Diehard fans want the stupid one-off uh, Tom Bombadil character. Uh, f- forget Tom Bombadil. They I would have just been in the Shire. I would just like... would have been happier having Glorfindel instead of Liv Tyler constantly taking his lines and there being We needed this... a female in the movie somewhere. <laughs> we had Galadriel and that's about it. You had Eowyn? Yeah, I guess we did have Eowyn. I mean, and uh, Arwen is in the book. She's just not as prominent as this. Is that so yeah. bad, though? No, no, no. Take, take it out Take it out from the book perspective. And this is me talking, so you know I'm fair. trying to be fair. Take, take it out. Would another character, when you had a similar enough character that was in the book, taking, uh, taking that aspect, such a bad thing? They already established Arwen in the movie early. Exactly. And then they... And so she pops up. Otherwise, it's like, what the hell happened to her? I mean, she she's supposed to be this great thing with uh, Aragon, but like, you don't fucking see her. Well, what's up? Yeah. So yeah, well, I understand where you're coming from because there's a couple problems I have with the Harry Potter bo- uh, movies that do the same thing when there yeah. are that the whole other issue. But it does it surface the movie? Yeah. <laughs> and granted, it would have added another ending, but I would have loved to have seen the Scourging of the Shire. I'm a little happy that we they just skipped it. Because like had we a got brief, the a brief vision. It was in the the pseudo pensive thing. I can't remember the name of yeah, what the vision her thing in, was. Uh, Law Florian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frodo had the vision of the scouring. You see it, and I'm like, cool, okay. But by the time they defeat Sauron, they do all that. In a book, it works uh, like a last kind of epilogue type thing. But in a movie, at that point, you just had your giant climax. You don't particularly need to have another like pseudo action hero moment or any of that kind of thing you have like that they stopped it and and again there's already people complaining about the five different endings even though they're five separate storylines that get concluded they they wrap them all up like there's very little in this movie that wasn't wrapped up that wasn't set up the like there's very little in the movie there's no real hanging threads i don't think no i mean it just for me, knowing what the scourging was, who it included, and what it was, what was going on with it, I would have liked to have seen it, at least in like the extended. Okay. Okay. I can I can understand where you're coming from. I'm yeah. gonna go with Devin on this. That I don't think it explicitly it needed. wasn't necessarily needed, but would I like to have seen it? Yeah. Not not saying that I wouldn't. Um, and especially in like a, an extended edition type setup. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which already adds about what four hours onto the entirety of the thing. Um, about three. Yeah. About three. Each one of them it adds, adds, an, it adds half an hour movie. to over an hour. Yeah. It adds another movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. with each of these films being as epic as they are, um, and hearing about what's coming down the pipeline with some of the newer movies that are going to be coming out, um, the, uh, with intermissions being brought mm. back. Oh my God, that's right. They are talking about that. Um, yeah, I no, personally maybe. think that intermissions in films are something that should be brought back. They should be a thing. 
and longer films should be there because this day and age where uh, a lot of people have the attention span of a gnat. Um, they always say that, though. They had attention span of gnats back then. They just more used to bored. Yeah, but there's a difference between I can't literally sit still long enough to get through a half-hour episode of a TV show because I have to do a million things at once. Now I've got to sit through a movie that's two hours, and that's considered long. Yeah. When the, in the 90s, we were getting two-and-a-half, three-hour films. Like Lord of the Rings in 2001, 2, and 3. Like, yeah, they're long. You went into it knowing you're getting into something. An epic. There is a movie coming out in four weeks that is three hours and two minutes long. That's going to be... I, you know what the screwed-up thing is? Though? I think that's almost going to be too short for what they need to do. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Avengers Endgame, by the way. And I'm... I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to... I watched I all, the, all the um, James Bond movies. Some of those are almost three hours long. Bring it on. Yeah, Holy Titanic. Crap. Yeah. Avatar. Lord of the Rings. Avatar. Bring on a three-hour right. movie. Some of the, the some of the best and like highest-grossing movies of all time. The two highest-grossing movies of all time are above three hours. The problem I have, the problem I think a lot of people have, and I know I have specifically, is that sometimes you look at two and a half, three hours. It's like. Is it there because it needs to, or is there some bloating in areas? And that's or my problem. Lord of the Rings, there was oh, very little not. bloating. Yeah, there the was very. One, Fellowship had the worst problem of it. A little bit in the beginning, but I but said it had the worst yeah, of it. Once, <laughs> that's not saying much. But no, once it got going, awesome. Now we get into Hobbit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, those dragged. Those dragged. Those. I would have been happier yeah. with each one being about a four-hour film with an intermission in the middle. And not for, having to need a third film. For Hobbit, I could have taken two three-hour movies. Same. Uh, three, it, two and a half hour movies. You don't movie. hear about Duelists, do you? You could have, yeah. like I said, you could have done with a four hour, two four-hour films no, that's with an intermission to get everything you need to. Because by the time you got to the end of the, th- by the time you got to the third film, there was nothing going on but a giant battle. And you're sitting there going, why are they fighting in the first place? I still, I said, I still think they should have taken the book book way out and that the gets knocked out and wakes up. What happened? That would have been amazing. That would have been great for like the last half hour of Anyway, uh so yeah. that was that's yeah. your combination too, eh? Yeah. yeah. I, I figured Lord of the Rings would be on someone's list. I mean it's to me it's the best book adaptation out there. Like I can't think of a movie that has done a adaptation from a book better. I have one movie above this that I just holy crap I love the movie, but Lord of the Rings is just one of those... I can't think of a single movie that has taken such a high-concept idea and somehow made it... I will agree, but I, have, I saved that for other ones. It's definitely on my recommend. It, on my to me, Lord of the Rings... I'm going to be using it on my fantasy. There's no way about it. There's three movies. I'll say this is number two. Uh, two Towers. Screw it. <laughs> I'll say that so I can use one and two. One no, and three no, 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 no. Else. no, no. It's I, a trilogy. I I'm going to be using it for best trilogy of all time. It, it it's up there, up there with at least one Edgar Wright trilogy, and <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then it it'll be on top of my fantasy list. Yeah. There's no way against that. Yeah. No, it it, it, it hits everything single, so amazingly. It is the single best. I don't think I don't think trilogy. they could have done an, a better job. Yeah. In any way. And the fact that they didn't actually abandon it partly through the project. Yeah, so you old one. Yeah. Uh, hey, Helm's Deep. Okay, we can end now. Anyway, <laughs> but, right. But yeah, I, I hope that 
what Amazon just bought the rights to Lord of the Rings. I hope they know what they're doing. Um, I think kind they're going to try to Game of, Thro- Game of Thrones it. You, they better not mess that up because as much as I absolutely love the originals, I'd be willing to watch a version of a Lord of the Rings world by somebody else. It's just... Right. Yeah. That's the a touchy other, aspect. And, yeah. and considering that Middle Earth is a time, not a location, which a lot of people get wrong, um, it's uh, something that I think there's a lot of... that they can delve into, especially since there was a lot more writing that Tolkien did beyond just the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the Silmarillion. Silmarillion. Fuck you pronounce yeah, that. Silmarillion. Which is essentially the Lord of the Rings Bible tells you about the beginning of everything. What's this? Hi, hi Tom Bombadil. Yeah, well, it literally tells you of all the ages of. No, I'm, t- I'm talking about like if they oh, actually yeah. do the, the series. Like, what's this? Oh. Hello, Tom Bombadil. Meh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Um, so hopefully, I agree. They do something well with it. I do um, know that those movies popularized Church Warden pipes again. Those long ass pipes oh, that yeah, everyone yeah. was smoking because it was like, <laughs> that looks awesome. Yeah. And it, it kind of is. I want to make a sailboat out of smoke. It's never going to happen. <laughs> but uh, I'd make a sailboat our... out of smoke. It would end up in a sewer. It would be really confusing. Anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> on to our number ones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mine, I do, not, I do not know how someone managed this, but it is based on a book by Robert Ludlum. Born? Born Identity. Yep. I have list. absolutely no idea how the scriptwriter turned that boring piece of shit into yeah. a great movie. Books are kind of boring. They are boring. I think as Ultimatum hell. was pretty decent. I don't know. I could. I barely got through the first one. I got Kevin. through the first three. I barely got through the first one. I could. I. I commend you. I will. I will yeah, commend well, you. I. I used to read a lot. I still do. And again, I. I. I read this and it's like, nope, not even bothering. Uh, dire- the movie is directed by uh, Doug Lehman. Lehman. Lyman, I, I, I tried. Yeah, I, you're good. I can never remember. Uh, That's not the Doug Lyman book or movie I was expecting to be on your list. Then I'm, I'm missing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, starring Matt Damon. Uh, I want to say it's uh, Franca Patente. It's uh, Maria or yeah, Mary. It might be Franca. Maria. I, Fran- I want to say Franca. I don't know. Somewhere. Uh, Clive Owen, Brian Cox, Julia Stiles. I forgot Clive Owen was in the first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's got... Oh, yeah, Aaron Merrill's in the second. I forgot his name. Carl Urban. Car- yeah, yep. Carl. He, I thought the exact the, same thing. I was yeah, like, wait, no, wait a minute. Owen's in the first one. Urban's in the second one. Yeah. Uh, but it's just... It's such a good, good movie. It's, it's got that whole... They did the whole amnesiac uh, killer very well done. Because we talked about this before when we were talking about thrillers, because I briefly mentioned it, is that... You see all the uh, all the emotions that uh, Matt Damon's character goes through, Jason Bourne. Like you see the whole, oh shit, how am I doing this stuff? After he does some amazing thing, the one that always bring, comes to my mind is when uh, him and Maria go into the the one townhouse, and the like a German I think assassin tries to kill him, and he just shuts him down every which way with a newspaper and then a pen. <laughs> And it's just like, holy shit, this guy is amazing. It it has all those elements of it. And it's just such a... It's so much better than the book it comes from. I don't know how. Because it condenses so much stuff. There, 
there's a bunch of unnecessary fluff in Ludlum's book. Yeah. There's of... also a rape at the end, but hey, I mean. But the cool thing is, is you can do, <clears throat> while the imagination is great, being able to visualize the fight scenes. Oh, that's a hard part. It's, it's, I will and, 100% agree movies are better than books will ever be on right. that. And being able to have some of the amazing fight choreographers that Hollywood has and being able to do and see how these people are doing all of these incredible fights is a really cool thing to do that you, even the mind, unless you're trained in some sort of martial arts or whatever, it, it's hard to conceptualize those fights in a way that is anywhere near as uh, incredible to see on film. Or and it's as intuitive. It's like you see stuff happening on film. If it feels right, even if you haven't had, had any training, you know, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's how you should do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I genuinely really like the, the Bourne trilogy. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, so uh, my number one is uh, based off of a book written in 1844. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, by uh, uh, a guy named Alexandre Dumas. Uh, the movie came out in 2002, uh, directed by Kevin Reynolds, starring uh, Jim Caviezel, Guy Pierce, Richard Harris, um, and uh, that's about all that really matters in that movie. Um, Richard Harris in 2002. Oh, it's Louis Guzman. Um, and it's, uh, no, it's <laughs> no, The it's Count of Monte Cristo. Hmm? Um, None of us have a Potter one, actually, now that I think about it. Nope. Nope. I purposely avoided it. Top of my list. Or my supporting list, whatever. Yep. Um, I, uh, it's counted as an action-adventure drama, um, and it's about a young man who is falsely accused of a crime by his best friend, who is incredibly jealous, uh, and is imprisoned, escapes prison, and uses a treasure to uh, exact his revenge... Um, against those who slighted him. A revenge fest in the best way. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things uh, that um, I love about this film is uh, the fact that um, Richard Harris's character, who is an old soldier who has turned his life to God um, after being imprisoned in the Chateau d'If, uh, oh yeah, which is a prison on an island in the middle of nowhere, France, um, has uh, come across in the middle of trying to tunnel out of it. Uh, Jim Caviezel's character, Edmond Dantes, um, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, wrong direction." Huh. Hey, okay. would you like to help me dig out of this place? Because <laughs> two of us could get out of here a little bit faster. Uh, sure, but I'm kind of busy stewing right now. Uh, I'm brooding. (laughs) And they become quick friends, and he teaches them how to fight with swords. He teaches them reading, writing, mathematics, uh, science, economics. That's one of of the best, like, set of scenes, is just the, the friendship and teaching between those two. Yes. And then, um, like, the... the extent to which he uses his resources 
to exact his revenge in such a way to destroy the worlds of uh, the people who have slighted him in such a horrible way. Um, being Guy Pierce, who played uh, Fernand Mondego, um, who is a Count's son, uh, and uh, a uh, constable at the time whose father was uh, embroiled in a conspiracy with uh, Napoleon, who was exiled on the Isle of Elba. Um, <laughs> and that's where all this came down to. Nice. Yeah, because Edmond Dantes was a uh, uh, f first mate in the book, second mate on uh, in the movie of uh, the of a ship um, that the captain ends up getting brain fever and dying, <laughs> and they put into the Isle of Elba to get help. Wow. To see if there's anything they can do, um, and they're like, mm, nope, there's nothing. Hey, by the way, since you're here, I've got this letter. Uh, you mind taking it back to a friend for me? Don't tell your friend about it, though. He doesn't need to know. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, by the way, uh, there's this letter that was needs to be delivered to somebody, but the guy will find you. Don't worry about it. And that doesn't sound shady. Yeah. And meanwhile, like the guy who was uh, supposed to put in to see about getting help uh, is chastised because he didn't want to go ashore and all this other stuff. He's like the main money guy. And he's like, nope, I'm using my position to stay on board the ship. You guys go possibly die. <laughs> and then he, uh, uh, Dantes actually gets promoted to captain. And that's where everything goes downhill because they're like, wait, you're a poor guy who shouldn't be captain yet and you're only in, like 20 years old. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to screw you. <laughs> nope, you shouldn't be the captain of the Ferion. I should be. And then, oh, that sounds like a great time. Yeah, and then he gets imprisoned in the Chateau D for eight years. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Before that's he uses the death of a, uh, the guy who was teaching him to escape. Nice. Yeah. And then goes on an adventure for another three years as a pirate. <laughs> the Dread Pirate. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I, and thought, yeah. I thought of Inigo Montoya earlier, and I'm like, <laughs> that's not what you said. You said something else from Mon Drogon or something. Yeah, uh, that's right. When uh, you had mentioned Treasure uh, Planet earlier, uh, and you were talking about space pirates, all of a sudden I thought of uh, Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Um, uh, I don't know, so you, you say it that way, and I think Metroid. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Redley! But it's, uh, it's a really, My really name good is book. Ripley! <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch. Anyway. Uh, it's a really, really good book. The movie's really good. Um, it's one of my favorite like action-adventure stories. Um, that's based on a book, and that's why it's my number one. I haven't seen that for years. I barely remember I the movie. I, ever saw it. I love the movie. All, All right, right, Devin, what's your <sighs> number one? All right, my number one is a 2012, uh, I guess it's just a pure on drama, directed by Stephen Chbosky, based on the book by Stephen Chbosky. Hey, that, that's, that's the other one. Yeah, it's the only one that's been an adaptation of his own book, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Really? I've seen it. I yeah, I absolutely love Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's I'm gonna try that down a different taste. I hated it. <laughs> I loved Perks of Being a Wallflower, and it's one of those that when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. And then the more I think about it, the more I watch it, just the better it gets in my mind. So, jump uh, it up to different taste. Yeah, it's similar to a lot of my um, film festival movies, which no film festival movies on this list. Odd. I wonder why. None last year either, or last week either, I think, maybe. 
you're going mainstream. Oh, no. Well, I can't do remake. And they don't do remakes at the Film Fest. Anyway, Perks <laughs> Me Wallflower. Uh, not a whole lot to say about this one. Um, Logan Lorman plays an introvert freshman that is taken under the wings of two seniors, uh, Emma Watson and Ezra Miller. Um, welcome in into the real world. That's the, the tagline here. But, yeah, basically the idea is that Emma Watson's character of Sam and Ezra Miller's character, Patrick, take him under their wing and are like, they're about to leave as he's coming into the school and, you know, they befriend him and all this. And it's just one of those, I'm not really sure how to explain it. It's just, it starts. It's slice of life. It's slice of life, but it, it very quickly realizes there's a lot more going on in the story. Like, there's something that happened to him during the summer that he never really talks about throughout the movie. But then as the movie goes on, you kind of realize, oh, there's something that really... One of his friends killed himself. Oh. For one. I think that was different in the book. Nope. Same in the book. Same. The, the director is the same guy that wrote it. I could be but thinking... I, I very much could be thinking of a very similar movie yeah. that's just different, but... But then uh, it's also revealed that his aunt uh, might have done stuff to him. That's what I was thinking of. Never mind. And that was when he was younger, but then the aunt died, too, and he's had a very bad summer and a couple of years, but now he's in a new school, and, like, everyone that knew him doesn't want to talk to him anymore because they're older and have been in high school, and it's, I don't know, it's just, just really well-acted, really well-paced, and, like, I'm not really sure how to explain it because it's just, not a whole lot happens in the movie, but that's kind of okay, <laughs> so... A lot yeah, happens, yeah. but not a lot happens. Yeah, it's it's one of those that... There's no overarching going somewhere end goal. Yeah, it's kind of like a year... That his first year in on. high school, their last year in high school. And that's about it. And it re very heavily reminds me of when I was in high school, because it was a lot of, like, I was the wallflower for my first year in high school. So, And I'm, I went into theater, I met all the theater freaks, and they made me not a, such a wallflower. So, It's just one of those that... I absolutely love it. Uh, Paul Rudd plays the teacher, the only, not that kind of teacher. He's like an actual good teacher. Uh, Dylan McDermott is the father, and there's a bunch of other people that I recognize from other movies. The person who plays young Neil, and uh, Scott Pilgrim is one of the, the friends in the, the group. That, nice. Yeah. But ultimately, I just really enjoyed the movie, and it's one that constantly makes me want to write when it ends because I'm like I could write something like that so so it's both inspiring and super fucking depressing yeah so it's definitely not it's not a lighthearted it's tale. not a lighthearted tale at times it is but wow so it inspires you to go out and get a box of Kleenex gotcha uh, <laughs> yeah something like that and then maybe write on live journal again I mean <laughs> I used to have a live journal yeah <laughs> Hey, Don't judge me. Ten people used to read. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah I I absolutely love Brooks from the Wallflower, and it's I'm not I'm, I'm not really sure why. It's just <laughs> it, hit, it hit you in that right spot. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care for it because I'll also say I didn't have that experience. I was I was homeschooled for my high school years. Yeah. I was the Wallflower for the first couple of years in high school, and then the moment I met all the theater people, um, all of a sudden I'm like, hey, these are my people, and I've had that when I when I joined film. I'm like, oh, these are the people that I should be hanging out with. And, like, my constant film nerdiness just was looked down upon when I was in junior high. So I, like, like Lord of the Rings was when I was in junior high. And I kept it in, and, like, my best friend and I were like, yeah, we like movies, but we can't say it. 
moment I got into um, high school, it's like, oh, there's other people. It's acceptable not stupid. now. And that's kind of what this reminds me of is like going into high school thinking nobody's going to like me like, and nobody's going to understand and then kind of finding other people that accept you for who you are. And that that's always been like uplifting, but the overall kind of story of the movie is is very dark. It very darker turns. There's definitely a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff going on with Ezra Miller's character. And if you haven't seen Ezra Miller, Miller in the movie, holy crap, is he great in this? He's great in um, We Need to Talk About Kevin. I've never seen that. Oh, either. man, is he terrifying in that. He plays a, a kid that grows up to be a, to go on a school shooting. But Oh, wow. Not in Perks Being Wallflower. That's a different movie. <laughs> no, it's different to talk about Kevin. Um, I think my main, main, my main issue with with it, with these kind of movies, is always makes me always makes me think of like Nicholas Sparks movies. It's like this is like a good Nicholas Sparks movie to me. <laughs> and I agree. Again, I I did not care for it because it these kind of movies. I almost think they need to speak to you on some level to yeah. for you to enjoy them. It spoke to me on none. Yeah, I have yet to see it. Um, I want to see it. You and I talked about seeing it mm-hmm. um, or watching it one night when I was over here. We were trying to figure out a movie to yeah, watch. It was one of here. our on our list of movies that we have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I am looking forward to when we get to see that because I've always wanted to see it. I've mm-hmm. just never had the opportunity to. Um, so that is definitely on my list to see. Yeah. But yeah, that one I really enjoy the movie, and it's it did pretty decent in the box office. Uh, kind of went under the radar. As long as it's not as uh, depressing as uh, Perks of Being a Wall, or not Perks of Being a Wall. Well, it's, it's about Sorry. as depressing as Perks of Being a Wall. <laughs> it's Sorry. about not Maybe. as depressing as uh, The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, be Nicholas high. Sparks. No, wait, no, that's not. That's no. John Green. That's John Green. That's John Green, yeah. That, there, or, um, that there's more moments of Perks of Being a Wallflower that has that, like, super somber. Yeah, yeah. but, like. But it, it's. Ultimately, it's end up. Ends is it up more like a Paper Towns type feel? Yeah, it's better than Paper Towns, but um, I mean better than Paper Towns, but like the somber, feeling is overall. It's definitely has some really dark, somber, almost thirteen reasons why type level. Okay, and then it's still uplifting near the end of the movie. So I can dig that. It's on a high note. Yeah, it really does. I, I I can I can dig that. I can I can totally get behind that because I I watched Thirteen Reasons Why. I didn't watch season two, but not missing a whole lot. I. It's hard to say I enjoy the first season because wow, does that go darker than I thought it would? But yeah, I, I thirteen reasons why the first season was really well done. Second season was good, but not as good. Fair. So, yeah. All right. All right. All right. So that's our top five. Tom or uh, Tom, what were your top five? My top five were uh, Les Misérables at number five, uh, The Green Mile at number four, Of Mice and Men at number three, number two. Uh, I chose Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. And uh, The Count of Monte Cristo is my number one. All right. Mine were number five, Thank You for Smoking. Number four, uh, Social Network. Number three, Minority Report. Number two, Lord of the Ring, uh, Two Towers. And Pursuing <laughs> yeah. Wallflower is my number one. <laughs> um, mine were Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Treasure Planet, Starship Troopers, uh, Fight Club, and then Born Identity. Cool. Uh, I do have three special mentions that were ones that would be in my top five and would have kicked out Thank You for Smoking, Social Network, and maybe Minority Report. So that's It, Dragon Tattoo, and Let the Right One Out. 
Totally uh, yeah, you spoke, you I was very much them. surprised about Let the Right One In because I was like, mm. I've already said it on horror. Yep, I, I almost, it almost God, made mine, it. but I was like, uh, I no. haven't seen it yet. I need to. I'm, I plan yeah, on it. It, it is on my list. Uh, my honor- it was on my horror <laughs> as well. My honorable mentions, uh, Princess Bride. Yep, that's <sighs> like that's like never right. been a Princess Bride fan. That's just I can understand why. I, lo- I, I like parts of it. it was I great. thought parts of it were great, but eh, it's kind of overblown it. to me. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of some of the stuff you say, I think, is overblown. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Different opinions. That's fine. Uh, Die Hard. <laughs> Forgot that was based, based on a book. book. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually, I have the book somewhere. Uh, I, the other two, I'll put uh, Jumanji. I had Zathura on my list. Really? You had Zathura? I thought Zathura was so much fun. It was just Jumanji in space. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't that's end up making that's exactly, list, No, it, it made no money. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Catch-22. Okay. Okay. I loved I loved that book. And the movie was pretty good I haven't seen it, the movie. I've read the book. Uh, it, it's been a while. I might have had to watch the movie in theater. Or it's in, been a while since school, I watched so it. I might just not remember it. Because like I said, I loved, I loved the yeah. book. The book was so wonderful to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my honorable mentions were quite a few, but to uh, scale it down a bit, uh, 1984. Okay. Um, uh, I had uh, also um, uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Phantom of the Opera. That's a mind. Um, and uh, a couple more were uh, pick any of the Harry Potter films. I had number three. I will wonder um, since say that's like top, uh, like. A close second behind Lord of the Rings. It's just great transition from book yeah. to movie. Yeah, um, I had number three because I love Alfonso Cuarón. It's right. also in my list again. My my favorite of them is number five, but that's for a whole different reason. Number my, four. My favorite's number three because I think Alfonso Cuarón took the took the series in the direction it needed to go. Right. It needed to not be a kids' movie. It needed to go in a direction yeah. of. I liked four, up. but then four is my favorite I, book. Four is my favorite book. God I really Fire's think four was a good movie, but I just think between four and three and four, I think three the direction shows. So I will agree. I kind of, uh, I, I kind of like toss it back and forth on those. Uh, my my biggest problem with three is just uh, some of the casting choices. I don't think quite lined up well enough. But again, the performances were top notch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, Sirius Black was perfectly cast to me. I think I Gary Oldman, that, holy crap! Like I, I'd argue Gary Oldman's look, his actual his actual acting was great, but yeah. I'd argue look kind of. Yeah. On the other hand, everyone, including Rowling, agrees that Alan Rickman, for oh my god, all of those was yeah. a phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> I also have to throw out number number six. It's kind of one of the ones that are forgotten, but I think the cinematography is... Yeah. Bruno Delmanel, the cinematographer, that is one of the most gorgeously shot movies. Yes, and it is, is such a, an under, under-remembered under of that series. It was the... I've got a hazard that... The direction's kind of the weakest. I, well, no, I, I personally think six is the weakest of the books. Yeah, it, it felt like it was setting up everything. It's the weakest. Seven. It was a uh, setup. Last one I actually watched movie-wise was five, which... Oh my God! The woman who played Umbridge <laughs> knocked yep. it out of the park. Yeah. yeah, I have a, I have a. One of my honorable mentions has a character that's very similar to Umbridge. So but yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, can go, we can almost have a top five of Harry Potter period. Yeah, which oh. maybe we should. <laughs> I, I actually wouldn't be against that. Right. right. Uh, one, uh, one, one of these days. 
Yeah. Uh, then I also have um, for out for those out there who are uh, big fans of it, um, the uh, uh, Thumbelina was a movie. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it was. Anderson. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, My and sister then, owns it. <laughs> Uh, I was also a very, very big fan um, of uh, Gulliver's Travels, and not the one with Jack Black. Oh, oh the older I one. The one with Jack Black wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but, but um, not great. I, I preferred the actual made-for-TV movie with Ted Danson. Hmm. Um, the the graph the the special effects are kind of yeah. right, but it was <laughs> true to, true to the book. I agree. also it's another thing uh, in Lord of the Rings. How the hell did they do the the Hobbit size for most of that whole perspective? You see the behind the scenes. Oh my God, the yeah. perspective. Wow, that right. was Peter Jackson. He's a genius. How do you do that? Uh, and then, um, <laughs> uh, just because they have to be mentioned, uh, is uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, not the movies. The Disney. Not thing? a fan no, of no, 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 no. Not a fan anime, of any of them. No, no, neither. There were some uh, live action ones that were made um, way back in yeah. like the seventies and sixties. That were really well done. Yeah, my favorite adaptations um, are the video games. And then American the, McGee. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one of my yeah. favorites, uh, Race to Witch Mountain. With John, uh, with Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that, but um, the original from the seventies, made by Disney. Oh yeah. wow, they did remake their own movie. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> they do that all the time. How are you doing? And then finally, uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Bridge to Terabithia is on my list. So. It was going to be higher, but I couldn't remember the exact story. The, ending, like, ah, the ending's screwed. I, uh, I did not care for it. And then there's a it. slew of others. Uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, you name them. Yeah. So. Mine will be, I'll go through a bunch of these. 21. I just thought 21 was good. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is one of my favorite spy movies yes, of all time. I need to watch that. Um, it's very slow, but it's very That well doesn't made. matter sometimes. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook, I just enjoyed. Yes, the movie was awesome. Uh, Fight Club's on my list. Jurassic Park. Yes, I wanted to put it on there, but I kept it for sci-fi. Mm. Yeah, yeah I'm saving it for others. Yeah, Forrest Gump. I just Love Forrest Gump's just a really well-made movie. Yes, a lot of people don't like it. I, I it's it. just a very well-made. Yeah, the soundtrack is great, and I, I think uh, the, I don't care for the story. The Tom Hanks, holy crap! Yes, he knocked it out of the park again. Say what you want. Tom Hanks was phenomenal. I'm a Tom Hanks agree. fanboy all the way. And I'll so. say. I've read the book. The book is terrible it compared is. to the movie. It is horrifying. Forrest Gump is a, just a huge asshole in the book. And in the movie, he's at least likable. So they, that's a good adaptation. Uh, good job, Zemeckis. Uh, I'll throw Battle Royale. Uh, it's my favorite book. The movie has tons of issues. Hey, don't you mean Hunger Games? Yeah. <laughs> Next up, Hunger Games. I love the books. I thought the movies were pretty ga- damn good. They Battle actually Royale, were pretty the solid. Twin version. Yeah. Uh, not Sorry, even. American Twins. Battle Royale? <laughs> Still, there are children. They are like oh, yeah, 10, like 11, and 12. Oh, like no, I'm high. fully aware. Yeah, Kushin Takami. Yeah, no, I'm Phenomenal aware. book. Meh movie. It bothers me when someone blows someone away with a machine gun, but the blood sprays out of no holes in the shirts. Right. That, that bothers me to know. Oh, wow. That sounds Like, you funny. see someone just spraying a, an SMG into someone's chest. And there's like no holes in the clothing. I'm like, yeah, but blood mm, sprays everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, mmm, that's bad. Yeah. But the book goes into the the psychology of it really well. Uh, Golden Compass. Yeah. Not sure where else that's gonna go, so I'm throwing it here. Probably fantasy. Edge of Tomorrow, which I'm amazed nobody threw on their list. Again, saving it for other things. Yeah. Yep. Kind of the same, but I'm like, damn. Okay. Uh, I Robot, saving it for a different list. Yep. <laughs> 
Blade Runner and yep. Blade Runner 2049. I need to watch for both. a different list. Uh, Interview of the Vampire. I've mentioned this. I think horror. I already said it. Yeah. So I can't say it again. Uh, Ready Player One. Saving it for a different yep. list. <laughs> uh, Harry Potter Three. Um, the Hate You Give from last year. I won. I've never. I seen don't it. even remember that. Um, like at all. Black girl whose best friend or uh, an old friend gets shot by a cop, and it's about like her now trying to figure out why how that happened. Nope. I got very no very well made. Yeah, and she lives uh, kind of look between two worlds because she kind of goes to a prep. school. She goes to a prep school, but then she's from the ghetto. Yep. So. The ghetto. It's a very well made movie. The uh, ghetto. Probably not up your alley there, James. Nope. Um, and then also, it. <laughs> one I am definitely saving for a different list is Children of Men. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. Uh, I already took Minority Report off a different list, and the four of the ones I just mentioned yeah. are on it. Chronicles um, was another one that I'm saving too. True. I'm also throwing The Mist in there, which <sighs> has this. Just like Umbridge, it has the best, best like villain you love to hate. And when she gets hers, yeah, hot damn! And I still say the mist has the be- has one of the best the endings. Ending, God, I love that. Thomas Jane, oh yeah. no, I know yeah. it's not a, a book, but uh, the play, um, I'm really a big fan of uh, Storm of the Century. I'm also surprised nobody said Shawshank. I wanted to, but again, I've watched half of the it. The fact that it was a short story in the book of multiple short, short stories, still based on bo- on writing. I it's understand, book. but it wasn't its own book. Yeah. Right, so, so yeah, that's my list. I had probably twenty more at yeah, some point, easily. but I had Jumanji on mine. I had Zathura on mine. I had all these, and I'm like, I started cutting it down. So yeah, I had it, Narnia on mine. I had Shining in mine, but it's already been mentioned. In the yeah. Book, so. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. Next week. Uh, yeah. So anyway, coming out. Well, coming out this week. Shazam, Pet Cemetery, Investor. Best of Enemies. Cool. Sounds cool. Uh, next week is Hellboy. That's mm. about it. And even then, that's kind of a... Maybe Pers- it'll be good? I'm expecting to enjoy it. Yeah. I love the character of Hellboy. My favorite favorite comic book adaptation, I believe what I said, other than Scott Pilgrim, is Hellboy 2. Yep. My second favorite director of all time is Guillermo del Toro. The fact that they decide to cut him and do the guy, they have the guy that made the descent make the nice Hellboy, makes mm. me sad. I'm at least I'm at, considering the descent. I'm at least curious to see how it'll go. Ha- having not seen the descent, I'm yeah. the descent go see was it. good. I'm gonna I, go see it. Well done, Stri- yeah. strictly because it's Hellboy. It's an R-rated Hellboy. I like Har- David Harbor. I will say he was. I really do like David Harbor from Stranger Things. And I will want, definitely agree with yeah. something yeah. you probably said. We you probably mentioned earlier on a different podcast is about that. That makeup looks a little. His face has too much shape for what should be there. It looks like he's fighting his makeup, which never happened in Del Toro. And Del Toro very particularly makes sure that doesn't happen. Particularly Doug, Doug Jones with Ron Perlman. Uh, yeah. Perlman looked natural. Like I I, I was yeah. expecting. I mean, there's a lot on him. But you can't tell. Oh, it looks him. Yeah. Like, it, it, Abe Sapien? That's not what he looks like at all. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. He no. never once, you never thought that's a dude in makeup. You, th- you think ultimately, yeah, it has to be a dude in makeup or it's CG, but it looked, it I looks felt real. real. I felt immersed. Cause Even like, uh, in Hellboy 2, Wink, the um, Nuada's bodyguard, yeah. basically, that's not 
digital. There's well, like one shot of digital on him. Well, go. Uh, I'll go go back to another Del Toro's uh, Pan's Labyrinth. It's like yeah. that. Uh, the fawn looks real. The fawn is is real. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it doesn't the only look digital is his legs. And even that, they're there. They just removed the real legs. Or the pale man. They only remo- removed the real legs. Yeah, yeah, they did. <clears throat> and then, like, the angel of death in Hellboy. And, like, there's all these cool things going on. So, yeah. But he, then... He's got too much... Like you said, he's fighting it. Yeah, it's very he looks obvious. like he's covered in, like, red Play-Doh. And it... I hope it looks good in the actual movie, but I don't know. Yeah. But I love uh, the guy who plays Ben Dymo. Uh He's in... Um, Lost, he plays uh, one of the, the two Asian guys in Lost. Uh, or, but I I like Miley Ovovich. I, I like Millie Ian Orch. McShane. I like the cast. Yeah, I like Mila Jovovich too. I'm not sure you're going to be seeing what you want to see there, Tom. But like, I like the cast. I'm not expecting anything from it, and that bothers me. Yeah, I, I will agree 100%. I enjoyed the first one. I still need to see the second one, but it's yeah, like... the second one's great. I love the second one. I, you yeah. haven't told me, but I'm, this is yeah. the first time hearing it. I know, it's weird. Anyways, yeah, but... I'm, I'm looking forward that, to that's, it. That's about it. Everything else yeah. is coming out uh, next week. is just kind of... Oh, yeah, it's there. Kind of a... We're in a little bit of a dump area right before the big one in four Black weeks. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, it tends to happen. And but so, yeah. in that so, case... But yeah, since all that's coming out is Hellboy, uh, we figured we'd do action. Now, I'll, I'll just say this now. Tom's not going to be here next week. Nope. So, we're going to actually record our lists a little early. Yep. Um, and then the intros will be done by J- just James and I, the intros and outros. Um, but we're going to actually record the list probably right after this. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, that's this week. Um... This week was book adaptations. Next week's going to be action list. Great. That's a lot of things for me. Uh, take your pick. Right. Throw a dart. You'll hit some. You'll hit action. Yeah, pretty much. So, anyway, uh, this has been yet another week of In the Can podcast. I'm with James, Tom, and I'm Devin. And until next week, have a nice week and watch movies. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs>